Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're taking a few episodes here, which I don't know how many it will be, to examine the birth narrative, what the Scripture says about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, when He came in the form of the flesh the first time. And uh, the Word actually tells us a great deal about it. And we began uh, with Luke chapter 1. We've looked at the first 14 verses. So I want to pick it up there uh, again. Remember Zacharias was in going about his priestly duty and was offering incense on behalf of the nation of Israel when an angel appeared to him. So in verse 12, it says, Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him, <laughs> to which I always say, well, you reckon? Um, when an angel appears in a way that you know is an angel like that, the response you always see in Scripture is that of fear. Now, there's other times when angels appear, and they, they appear uh, as uh, humans in the form of flesh, and there's not the fear kind of thing because the they don't know who they are. But here he knew it was an angel. So verse 13, the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. And if you remember the last time we were together, we uh, talked about how that petition, that prayer, was likely something that was lifted up literally decades before because both of them were aged. They were stricken with age, as the Scripture had said earlier. They were beyond childbearing age. But now the angel is saying that you're going to have a child and name him John. The next verse, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. And we find out here that the angel tells a whole lot, <coughs> excuse me, I gives a lot of information to Zacharias about his son that's to come. First of all, you find out it's going to be a baby. Then you find out it's going to be a son. He tells him what to name him. He says he's going to bring joy and gladness and that many will rejoice at his birth. Then in 15, he tells us about the boy himself. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. Now, you can imagine how many ways that verse right there has been uh, perverted and mistaught through the years. Uh, some people say, well, this is a Nazarite vow. Well, with the Nazarite vow, they would not partake of wine or liquor for a period of time. It wasn't a lifetime type of thing. Okay, They made the vow. There's a period of time for whatever purpose it was, and then they were out from under the vow. It's also not a verse right here that says if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then you are to have no wine or no liquor. Sometimes people want to say that. That's not what it's saying at all. He's just saying what this man's going to do, Okay, that he's going to be great in the sight of God. He's not going to be distracted by the wine or liquor. He's not going to have any of it. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. That is an interesting, interesting verse. I was actually talking with somebody a couple weeks ago about this, and uh, it's like, okay, uh, was John born saved? That's what we associate with being filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Was he born saved? Uh, well, in a manner of speaking, yes. You know, uh, is he the exception? Oh, yeah, very much the exception. Could he have sinned? Oh, yes, definitely. And you find out later in life, he doubted. He wasn't sure about some things, okay? But it's just the fact of what the, the angel says here, that he was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And in a few more verses, we're going to find out when that occurred and how that occurred. Now, verse 16 says this, And he will turn many of the sons of Israel 
back to the Lord their God. So John's purpose is revealed to his father. Uh, more than likely, the father did not live to the age where he saw John actually doing this because Zacharias was aged at this time. And it would be some 30 years later, roughly speaking, when John would do these things. But maybe he did. We, don't, we simply don't have a biblical account of it. But Zacharias knew what his son was going to do and that his son would turn the sons of Israel, many of the sons of Israel, which means not all, back to the Lord their God. Now, verse 17 gives us even more insight. It is he, this is John, who will go as a forerunner before him, and it's a capital H here, okay, before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, as a quote out of the Old Testament, and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So what Zacharias, the priest, was hearing from the angel here was that his son was going to be the one that would be the forebearer of Messiah, the forerunner of Messiah, okay? The, the Scripture, the Old Testament taught that Elijah would come. It said before the Messiah, Elijah would come. Here we see that John is going to be the one that comes before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. So people want to debate that. Well, does that mean that there is no literal Elijah that will come? Jesus is actually uh, asked later on, well, uh, was John the Baptist, who we're talking about here, was he Elijah? And Jesus says, if you believe in me, he is Elijah. And this verse right here helps explain that, that he was the forerunner. He came in the spirit and power of Elijah. The purpose was to turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children and to turn the disobedient to righteousness, and to make the people ready for the Lord, to make the people prepared for the Lord. Now, parenthetically here, I believe that Elijah will come. Okay, uh, Elijah himself will come before the Lord returns the second time. I believe he's one of the two witnesses that you see in Revelation. I could be wrong in that, uh, but I believe that's what it is. And so Zacharias learns this about his son. Can you imagine? He's struck with fear. The angel says, don't fear. Here's what's going to happen. This is what's going to occur. So what do you think his response is? You know, well, we don't have to think. The word tells us. Verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, how will I know this for certain? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. In other words, as we said last time, they are as good as dead when it comes to having children. And you think, well, you know, he was just curious. No, he wasn't curious. Let me read the next two verses. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Woo! The angel sort of peeved right here. Uh, seriously, it really is. The angel sort of put off by this. Gabriel is because he did not believe his words. And, you know, there's uh, great examples. Here's one where Zacharias, he didn't believe, so he's asking, how will I know this for certain? In other words, he's sort of speaking in the spirit of Eeyore. How will I know this for certain? I'm an old man and my wife is old. Okay? There's no way this can happen in the physical. You see Mary, when uh, an angel appears to her and tells her what's going to happen, and she questions, well, how can this be? Because I've never been with a man. Well, she's not struck dumb. Okay, she's not struck a deaf, and you find out later on that he's deaf and dumb. 
Uh, the, it, I think you see little hints right here. You shall be silent and unable to speak. Unable to speak. Yes, he's done. Silent, he wouldn't be able to speak, but he wouldn't be able to hear either. You find that out in another scripture passage that he couldn't hear. Well, when Mary asked that question, she just wanted to know how this was going to happen because she'd never been with a man. And she's asking from a pure heart just a logistical matter here. He doubted. He did not believe. And because of it, he was struck deaf and he was struck dumb. But the angel said this, this word will be fulfilled in its proper time. You know, I just pray that we don't uh, react and behave like Zacharias. It's such a temptation to do that. We all struggle with that. To sort of look at the negative, to sort of look at what we can see in the natural and not rest and trust in just the word of the Lord and what he has said to us. Isn't it easy to get caught up in that kind of thing? So may we glean the truth from this right here. Tell you what, my time is up. We'll continue this next time around. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you for being with me. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.